0: Okay, we'll start with a, a nice word and bash bashalach. A short word, a chsedish word. a drish. Okay, so we all know the famous Mame Chazal, The ayvsh told him aluchim that they're doing shira because Masa yudai told him by yam the moment of shira, right? The matriim push up shut. Right? yudai got to the matriim, right? Mass yudai, the matriim are drowning in the yams. Masa yudai, you know the ayvsh has tsar even if it's only neshuim and even if they deserved it and even if the ayvsh is the one that's punishing them, obviously. But Master told them He made them a quiet. So that's all a nice, a nice touch. May peace be upon the suffering. Friedman brings a word from the Merkheim. The Merkheim brings a touch. Mamish, nothing to do with the push of in the Mama the But he says that the Abister was saying that often there's a time on on why they're not singing Shire, why they're not serving Hashem the way they should. And the answer is because it's too hard for them. They're going through difficulties. He says Mas'vi Yudai told a lot of times, the Yidin, Mas is the Spur. The Yidin are ta'v ma'am, they're, they're drowning in the yam of tzuris, they're drowning in difficulties. And that's the reason why they can't say Shira. He says, Va'atam Omrim Shira. is When somebody is full of toira he has money and he has and he has everything going for him, then Omrim Shira, that's when people can sing Shira. But the Ay-Bishter was was justifying why sometimes we find that it's difficult for a Yid to do what he's supposed to and serve Hashem the right way because he's dealing with so many challenges. Now, it's only a remus, obviously, but it's definitely something we could all learn from, both about Bakhwal understanding some of the people's challenges, and the Irish to understand it, you know, the Irish doesn't have to understand it, and we should all be serving him regardless, and we should never be justifying ourselves, right, or, or rationalizing that, oh, because of my difficulty, that's why I'm a lot of, you know, but, but, but if the Irish is able to see that in Yidin, and understand, that's what the Midas Rahmim is all about, you know, being malamizchis on Eden and, 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 and understanding that you know, the difficulty, the is and, and all the difficulties that Eden have is what stops them from doing what they should, then how much more so should we try to be understanding of our relatives, right? our spouses and children. And sometimes understand that when somebody's going through a difficulty, there's only so much you can expect from them. Now, I don't want anyone to take this as, well, then if I'm going through a difficulty, then I'm now justified to act like uh, whatever it is and treat anyone the way I want, obviously not. But if somebody's dealing with a personal difficulty now, I think it's actually something we spoke about a year ago, Parsh B'Shalach, if I'm not mistaken, about understanding someone else's struggle. If I'm not mistaken. Right? If somebody's dealing with a personal difficulty, and something's going on in their life, whether it's internally, emotionally, or, or uh, technically, just uh, because of what's going on around them, and that's causing certain difficulties, even if it's wrong, and it is wrong, and even if it's not an excuse, and you have to know how to handle it, make sure that it doesn't overtake you, but sometimes just being understanding with the fact that, you know, this person's not in a good mood now, he had a hard day, and I'm going to let this pass, because I see what he's dealing with. And it's something about bayam. he's just not capable at this moment to be doing the right thing. I'll be more understanding. And when people give that understanding attitude, it's sometimes all the other person needs. Sometimes all the other person needs to get over a certain challenge they're dealing with is for someone to be understanding of them. So instead of telling them it's not an excuse and they feel more misunderstood and they get more stuck, you do understand them and they feel more understood and they get less stuck and now you have who to deal with. You know That definitely could, could help people very much. So that's something that I think... Um, could help us all. Okay, so let me start with a long letter, a very long letter again. Um, it's also a sad letter, okay, so I don't like reading sad things. But but let's see if we could uh, say something that would be helpful for whoever's listening to this. It should never be in this context, but let's, let's just try. Okay, there go on. I just discovered you on Torah anytime from the Karavtuni convention. I really enjoyed listening to your 10 secrets of marriage. Okay, so that was a recent Karavtuni speech about the 10 secrets for those who want to hear it. I also and actually it's available on my podcast for those who know I have a new podcast you can look at Torah Clarity it's called at jewishpodcast.com I think it is and and that's also posted on the podcast The 10 Secrets and it's available wherever you listen to your podcasts okay I also started listening to your regular talks in Torah anytime which I'm enjoying very much I think you have excellent insights into relationships I particularly love the way you switch so effortlessly, effortlessly between a fluent and echt Yiddish and a sophisticated English vocabulary okay thank you when I went what I want to ask you is the following aside from physical abuse are there any other situations where you believe that divorce is the answer so uh, let me just stop over here I'm not sure if the question is coming because I once said something like that that you know somebody's hitting you you run away maybe but uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure exactly where it's coming from I just, wanna, I just wanted to clarify but the question goes aside from physical abuse is there anything else that calls for divorce of course my question is not coming out of the ear it's in regard to my daughter's marriage she's currently in the divorce process from her husband I'm not asking you at this point whether she should or should not divorce. I would just like to hear your comments on the subject. When is divorce the answer? So I will tell you a little about her situation. Okay, I'm going to change Momish a few details just so it shouldn't be too identifying, obviously, but you know, unfortunately, um, situations like these aren't so identifying. I'll be honest with you. Okay. Uh, a while back, I got a text from her to pick her up because her husband's kicking her out of the apartment, which of course I did. And she told me that it's already a few days that he hasn't been speaking to her and... When she told him something like, we need to see a marriage therapist, that's when he said that she has to leave the apartment by night. Okay. Um, And then he gave her, out of respect to her, he gave her an hour to leave, and he told her that if she texts her mother, it's going to be too late. In any case, she texted, and he wanted to see the text, and that's when he told her, if you hadn't texted, we still would have been good, which is playing mind games. Uh, We knew nothing about this behavior, it's already going on for a while, and... To us, everything looked extremely nice. As a matter of fact, I was so thankful to Hashem that that she so happily married. Um, Again, I'm leaving out a few lines here and there, but the point is that she, she always, the daughter expressed that whenever he was nice, he made a big deal about it and made sure to tell him how much she owes him because of it. It seems that he was very disappointed about a certain difficulty that he experienced personally, which he did not know at the time when he kicked her out. And the reason why I'm just mentioning that part is because it's something that like what we just mentioned. Sometimes a person's personal struggle or difficulty is what's causing something else to happen. But she didn't know about that. And he took out the disappointment on her. Um, okay, a few months before that, he had texted her something about a certain problem going on, and she texted back that she's tired of him always blaming her, to which he replied that she knows where the door is. Okay. After she, After she... Separated from him, she was seeing a therapist who advised her that going back—that if she would consider going back to him, it shouldn't be for a while—and he has to go to therapy and learn to change his ways. And obviously, he kept on, he kept on apologizing and agreed to go for therapy. And basically, after a few months' separation, she met with him again. And again, he only said that he only went to therapy because she wanted and whatever, instead of actually apologizing. In any case. Um, And then he used it against her, why she's not asking forgiveness. A very uh, unfortunate and sad story. Mm -hmm. Let me me read this part. My daughter said that in the first year of marriage, she tried to fight him back, but she realized it wasn't getting her anywhere and decided to keep him as happy as possible. Also, when I asked her why she never told us, she said she thought to herself that some people are more happily married than others, Mm -hmm. and it's okay if she's not so happy. Um, And also, she she didn't want her husband to be... um, um, does not want to come to her parents for Shabbos and in college classes she was taught to not tell the parents everything that goes on in a marriage and, 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 and to make a long story short over here okay so again I'm not writing to you to ask permission for divorce I would like to hear your comments from you on this topic okay very very sad very sad and very sensitive topic and it's actually hard to come up with something that, that could be applied in all kinds of such situations and something that everyone will be happy hearing I'm sure there are people who are listening to this and saying, I want to hear him say that such guys, have to, you have to get rid of them. And some people will be saying, no, I'm waiting to hear by Gruen's insight how you can make this marriage work. Okay, so let's try to say something that might be a little helpful for everyone. First of all, it's not a question that it's very painful to read such situations. And I know that they definitely do exist. I deal with them very often. And I think, let me just say something interesting over here. I think that for some people it's actually important to hear that there are terrible situations going on out there. You know why? And I don't mean it in a you know it's okay, you know, I feel comforted knowing that you know some people are, like I said, some people are happy married than others, and this is what it is, so it's normal. It's not no, this is not normal. This is not the way marriage should be. Not normal. Um, but some people are dealing with far less severe situations, far less severe, far less abusive, far less difficult, far less challenging. And to them it's like, you know what someone did to me? My husband didn't call, he came home a half hour late, he didn't call. The only thing about himself, he's such a narcissist. When I asked him where he is, he got nervous why I'm calling him the sixteenth time in a half hour. Sometimes you look at situations that you're in, you say, this is terrible, and then you hear, you know what, there are people that are getting locked out of the house, there are people that are screaming, there are people that are getting abused, there are people that are getting... And, you know, that's, a, that's very problematic, you know. When somebody gets thrown out of a house or somebody gets abused like that, that that's terrible. And when somebody just forgets your birthday, it, it's, it's, it, yeah, it's terrible, but it's not so terrible. So Sometimes it's important for people to realize, you know, there are relationships and situations that are really terrible. And if yours is not so terrible, then just deal with it instead of thinking that you reached your limit. And I know that because mm-hmm. a, a lot of people, I hear this often... A lot of people look at their situation to say, you don't know what I'm dealing with, and they start talking in such dramatic terms, without realizing, like, are you kidding? What are you describing over here? That your husband doesn't get up at night to take care of the baby when you wanted him to, when he was just up all day? I mean, it's a problem, I'm not saying it's not, I and mean, there's ways to deal with it, but don't, don't overdo things, thinking that this is what's called an abusive relationship, and this is what you heard people say, you have to protect yourself from somebody with narcissistic tendencies, just because... Uh, somebody told you that spending too much money on a couch is not, it doesn't fit your budget now. I mean, please, that's not called a controller. That's called, you know, whatever. So maybe not be what you want. I'm just mentioning that. Anyway, now, divorce is something that the Torah suggests. Okay, divorce is not something that the Chachomim came up with because it's so a need. But let's remember that. It's not, it's not, a, it's not something that we, we got from the goyim because we realized that we don't have another choice and it's not working anymore. Divorce is something that the Torah says divorce is an option that's up front and Mesech comes before Mesech De and it's very Torahic and it was actually the Goyim who didn't believe in it okay so divorce is not something that people should ever look at like there's no grounds for divorce the divorce is never the answer divorce is something the Torahic has to do okay it's not it's, a, it's one of the Torahic mitzvahs and I'm not saying you should all look to be it, but it's definitely out there and there's definitely a reason for it and there's definitely times that call for it so I don't want anything that I say here or at any time make it sound like I don't believe in divorce ever being an option or necessary for that matter. Right? There's definitely a thing. So it's not a question that when something isn't fixable, that's what you have to do, or sometimes for whatever other reason. At the same time, there are things that seem unfixable, and really they are. And in those cases, then you definitely want to fix them first. Another thing, there are things that became unfixable, and maybe when you look back, you'll see they were at some point fixable. So even if divorce now is the answer, right, it doesn't mean that it's because there are marriages that can't work. Okay? That, that's something I want to point out. Even if at any given point, everyone will agree that a certain situation calls for divorce, it's not to imply that there are marriages that can't work. Because it could be the marriage that needs divorce now could have worked if things would have been done differently. Okay, so that's something to remember. Even if somebody is telling you that sometimes you have to divorce, And even if anyone's going to tell you there's somebody no way to make something work. And sometimes there isn't when somebody's too stubborn to let something work or whatever it is, it doesn't mean that things can't work. So that's definitely something to think about. Um, now, let me just mention this. Regardless, I, I left out a lot of the, the gruesome details, right? Maybe. But regardless of if this is or isn't what we would call typical personality disorder or where people would tell you this is someone who is totally off the charts and you can't deal with him, and there's definitely some symptoms over there of very abusive behavior. And obviously, I'm only hearing one side of the story, which is not irrelevant for now. But now, you know, so if the question is, is anybody obligated to put up with that? I mean, if you have a spouse who's putting you down and being abusive and controlling and condescending and critical and, and, and emotionally abusive, verbally abusive, physically abusive, does anyone have to put up with that? I don't know, maybe not. Maybe not. And when I say maybe not, I mean to say that even if you talk to someone who will tell you, you talk to a robot, that's toy, and tells you, you don't have to put up with that dealing with somebody who's that selfish and that abusive and that self-centered and egotistic and, and problematic, leave. And you could leave. It doesn't matter. It, it doesn't mean that there's no way to deal with it. And there is a way to deal with it. Now, if I had to trace the facts without blaming anyone, it's something I'm always careful when I talk to people, people tell me a narrative and whoever came to me knows that I always take notes. I try to get the whole story on paper, right, and figure out what's happening. And sometimes I'll point out to someone, oh, you know why your wife has this crazy behavior? Because you enabled it by doing this and this. And suddenly people get offended See, you mean that I'm the problem? She's the one acting like this and this, she's the one doing all the bad things, and now you tell me I'm the problem. I didn't say you're the problem. I didn't say you caused the problem. I'm just tracing the facts and saying this might have contributed to what ended up happening. So it's not, it doesn't mean that you're bad or to be blamed. It just means that when you look at the picture, you see this A brought B and B brought C, and that's just a sequence of events. So if I have to trace facts over here, looking at this story, I'll pick up just some two lines, I don't mean anything. I don't want you to get offended. My daughter said in the first year, man, she tried to fight him back. Okay, then she realized it wasn't working. So first, when you try to fight someone who's this difficult, or this challenging, you're definitely making things worse. So it's not just that, okay, I tried, it didn't work, so I went away. It, It definitely made things escalate in the negative, right? It definitely made things get worse as time went on. And that's what happens when you fight people, especially when you fight people who don't know how to take a challenge. Whether it's because of their, it's a club guy from the past, whether it's because of their low self-esteem or high ego or fragile ego or whatever it is, when you fight someone like that, you make things worse, they feel challenged, they take it personally, and it doesn't link to the relationship. Now, what happens is when people realize that mistake, they go the other way. Okay? And after that, um, when she realized it wasn't getting one, she decided to keep them as happy as possible. Now, keeping someone as happy as possible is almost as big a mistake as fighting someone when you try to keep someone that self-centered and I'm just saying that self-centered because I'm talking about a certain profile I'm not talking about this person somebody who thinks about himself and puts people down and controls people and, and, and everything has to go his way when you try to make that person as happy as possible you're doing something very bad you're making someone become even more self-centered you make making someone expect that everything go his way you're making someone believe even more in himself and even more uh, believe that everything is coming to him and everything has to go his way and these are the two mistakes people make all the time in marriage Okay, and I know this is not the question I was getting, but I'm just using the opportunity to, to express this again and again. When you're dealing with someone who for whatever reason is not easy to deal with, and it could be a child, and remember, with a child is not divorcing, so it's good to remember this, how you make this work, even if at this point it's not relevant, because with a child is not divorcing, you have a very, very difficult teenager fighting the kid, right? and, 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 and actually um, um, what's the word? making things worse, right? progressively worse, is not getting you anywhere. On the contrary, you're just building up the negativity and, and the defensiveness and just yeah, making things worse. Let, making the kid as happy as possible, letting him think, okay, I'll do whatever you want, and everything goes on your terms. Aside from the fact that you're actually making things worse as time goes on, just by teaching him that, it's going to come a point where you won't be able to make him happy about something. You won't be able to. As a matter of fact, part of the reason why you won't be able to, because now he's so self-centered and so, you know, and he's so entitled that it's not even possible to give in, but at any point it's going to come around you won't be able to give in, and then he really won't handle it because he's so used to giving him everything. So these are the two things that definitely make things worse as time goes on. So by the time you're dealing twelve years, uh, whatever, no, a few years later with a with a terrible situation, it's something that you may have contributed to. Now again, no fault of your own, and you could be the, the nicest girl and the best person in the world, and he could be a total idiot, and, and it's not your fault. I'm just I'm just mentioning that this is what's happening, and that's something you have to be careful about. and it's be very. Now to assume, and I'm just picking on the next few words in the letter. To assume, well, okay, some people are just happier, happier married than others, and, and I'm not going to be so happy. I want to say something, and I, I, I mention this often. It's true. It's true. Some people are happier married than others. I, I don't want people to think, okay, I thought that some people are just happier married than others. I see that was my mistake. And really, everyone has to be the same happy. And really, everyone. Gets... It's true. Some people are happier married than others. Some relationships are easier than others. Some people are personally just happier than others. Automatically, they're happier married than others because they're happier people. And a relationship includes two people's. Now you have two people's level of happiness and level of uh, easy and things like that. So it's okay. Sometimes you'll notice somebody else you shouldn't be looking. You shouldn't be looking at other people's marriages, but something you'll notice someone else seems to be more happy than I am. That's fine. It doesn't mean that I have to be abused and put down. Right? Let's not get black and white. It doesn't mean everyone has to be the same happy, and if not everyone's the same happy, it's a problem. And it also doesn't mean that, every, that it's okay, some people are just not happy. No, everyone deserves to be happy, and there's ways to make every relationship work. Even, in, even when it's very difficult, you know, with Hashem's help, now when something gets to this level where it's a lot of abuse and, 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 and you know, getting kicked out of the house there's still ways to deal with it I'm not saying divorce is not the answer I'm just saying there's still something you might be able to do there's still moves you can make sometimes they're drastic moves and I don't want to say what they are sometimes there are drastic moves you can make and they might seem too drastic you might be too afraid to take them but they might, put, they might keep even such relationships in, in, in check there are very difficult relationships, there are very difficult people, let's call it, who could abuse people on a, on, a, on a terrible level, very extreme, but other people not, because they're afraid of the consequence. And the consequence can be something very unpleasant. But it's and there. And they're afraid of it. As, a matter, as opposed to with their spouse, they're not afraid of it, because they know it won't happen. All I mean to say is that even if something is this bad, the answer might not be just, the, the, the only option might not be to divorce, as much as to put, really put your foot down in a very, very strong way, and say, you know what? If you choose to kick me out of the house, I'm going to do X, Y, Z. And I don't think you want that to happen. And you might have to, put, and you might have to actually implement that. Now, I don't, want to, I don't want to elaborate on this because it's not something we ever want to offer. I just mean to say that if somebody does want to stay in a marriage for whatever reason and they're looking for what they could do, there might be things you could do. Now, if you do whatever you could do and still nothing changes, then it might just be healthier for you and your children and everyone else to not let that go on, right? Just to tolerate is, is usually not the answer. I mean to say that both when things started off there might have been a different way to handle it and even later on even in extreme situations there are ways to deal with things um, you know to, to tell people to show people that you, that you mean business and make sure they don't happen I'm just mentioning that now again I don't mean to imply that divorce is never an option and that it's never necessary and there's always a way to make things work and you just do like this and just do like that everything will work I'm not saying that I just you, know, you have to be open to more options uh, if, you, if you want now another thing that I just want to mention from this letter and that was that um the girls are taught not to tell parents everything that goes on in a marriage. Now, first of all, not to tell parents everything that's true. You don't tell your parents everything that goes on in a marriage. That would be terrible. As a matter of fact, there's only so much you do want to share about your marriage, not about married life. In other words, you could share with your children the nachas, you could share with your, with your parents the nachas, you could share with your parents um, which couch you bought, you could share with your parents certain things about your schedule. But the marriage, in other words, things that are too personal and too intimate or too uh, you know between you and your husband you and your wife they don't have to be those are the things that don't have to be shared with parents first of all now it doesn't mean that when you're dealing with a difficult situation you just deal with it in your own four walls and don't know what to do and if a child doesn't open up to parents it's parents' responsibility sometimes to say sometimes and obviously not when you feel your child is at the end of a rope obviously I don't mean the situation where a child is calling pick me up I'm getting thrown out of the house I'm just saying in general Parents don't have to make children quiet. When a child says, Mommy, I'm struggling with my marriage, you have to say, Yep, oh, you're not supposed to talk to me about that. Right? What are, you, what are you supposed to say? You're supposed to say, Oh, come, let's talk about it. Suppose not. You may very often, as a parent, be too subjective, too emotionally involved to see things clearly, and be able to really give the right guidance. And you may simply not be professional enough, I'll be honest with you. In other words, even though every person should technically be professional enough to deal with their own marriage, right? you don't have to be professional to get married, But to deal with someone else's marriage, and know what the right thing to do is, you may stomach or not be professional or knowledgeable enough to deal with your neighbor's marriage, even when you're not emotionally involved, and certainly not with your children's marriage, where you are emotionally involved. Now the responsible answer might be, it's okay, Sheffelah. Marriage is not always easy. When you have a problem, you go to someone, and you could add, and I've said this in the past, me and Tati also had times that we felt it was important to talk to someone. It was fine. It helped. And I'll give you a name of somebody that I think is good. And you could tell me in a week or two if that person helped you, and if not, I can give you another name and that's how a parent can make a child feel very comfortable and very open without actually getting their hands too deep inside and sometimes misguiding so that's very very important now sometimes I know parents are inclined and tempted to go call a professional or call this person that I need to and tell me what's going on with my daughter and how could you it's very very challenging I know sometimes it's just the best thing you can do for a child who's already married so, it's not a question that it's a difficult situation and nobody shall ever get there. And it's possible that in this situation and in similar situations there might not be a way to make things work and whatever you're going to try might not work. And then yes, the Torah definitely gives us a way out. El Chachil with a away you know, with a mitzvah to do. And it's a mitzvah to get divorced in the right times. Not a question. However, there are definitely many things that could be done to avoid situations from getting that bad instead of dealing with them then. And there might be things you could do even in very extreme situations to really set boundaries, be very strong, and know how to Put things in a place where they where they where they actually calm down and get better and get better and you see this, some people almost have to do that, you know, even in very extreme situations. And with Hashem's help, you know, really turn around a, a difficult situation. So I, I definitely give my heartfelt bruchas to everyone to not have to know from these things. And how to you know nip things in the bud when there's a problem, and how to get the right help when necessary, and make every relationship work and live together. Thank you.